I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey everybody, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter. And welcome to episode 29, in which we meet Baba Blankets. I am really pleased to be able to bring to you in this episode an interview that I was able to do with Aminata Brown, who is the founder of Baba Blankets, which is a social enterprise, and it works with women in Ghana, women and girls actually, in Ghana, to help provide economic opportunity and educational opportunities and so forth, and you're going to get to hear more about that during the interview. First, a little housekeeping. I'm recording this episode on Sunday, November 14th, 2010. For those of you who like to establish your place in the space-time continuum when you're listening to these episodes. And first, we're going to do the interview with Aminata Brown. And then I'm going to do listener comments and just a little bit of a Sandy update because there is only a little bit of a Sandy update to even give this week. And we'll talk about the holiday challenge and all that kind of good stuff at the end. So... Uh, because I completely forgot to do this last time in my last episode, I'm going to make sure I do it right off at the beginning this time, my contact information. You can find the show notes to this episode at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com, and there you will also find links to my blog. You will find how to um, follow me on Twitter and my email address, just to make that easy for you. It's sandyquilts at gmail.com, and that's Sandy with a Y and quilts with a Z. And you can sign up for the Big Tent Quiltcast Supergroup there, and then once you're part of the uh, Supergroup, you can then join as many of the subgroups that you want to join for all of us Quilty Podcasters and I do hope you will join mine. Okay, so with little further ado, let's get down to talking about Baba Blankets. As I had mentioned in one of my previous episodes about my overview of my experience at the International Quilt Festival in Houston, one of the um, opportunities that you have when you're at one of these major national quilt events is to visit the vendors section. And at IQF, it's um, extensive. There were, I believe, something like 2,000 vendors there. And I, as again, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I was very focused on only visiting those vendors that had things I hadn't seen before or that I knew I couldn't get easily at home. And so as I was kind of cruising through the vendors doing my first round of scoping out what was there, um, I stopped dead at this one booth and it was Baba Blankets. And it was African fabrics and they were a little bit different from another booth of African fabrics I had seen. And so I was kind of poking around in there a little bit, and the gentleman that was working the booth at the time said something about, yes, we are a social enterprise. And so I asked him more about what that meant, and then as conversation ensued, um, it became clear that this was an organization I really wanted to know more about. And he had suggested that I come back a little bit later when Aminata would be back in the booth herself. And so I did. I made sure a couple hours later that I stopped by again and um, touch base with her, and we arranged to do the interview the next morning. Now, mind you, um, I was going to be doing the interview right in the middle of the vendor section um, as people were first starting to come in in the morning, and I was trying very hard not to keep her out of her booth for that long. So it's not a very long interview, but we were able to get to all the really important key items, so I really do think you'll enjoy it. 
and I'll give you a little more information about Baba Blankets after the interview. So here you are. Um, I'm introducing you now to Aminata Bram. Okay, I'm here interviewing Aminata. Aminata, <laughs> I apologize. Could you talk a little bit about what your organization is? So Baba Blankets and Crafts, we are a social enterprise. This is a women's collective, an African women's collective that I started in Ghana to provide more sustainable income for economically marginalized women. I actually was living in Ghana at the time and met a community of young women who were working as load carriers in marketplaces. And their dream was to learn to sew. So we started a textile-based uh, small enterprise that's just grassroots to provide that kind of training experience as well as others. And we also build upon traditional West African textile treatments, um, batiks and hand dyeing, tie dyeing, to use in products that really accentuate the, the cultural beauty of the crafts in that region. Okay. And I believe you also have a girls' education project right, as well? Right, exactly. So proceeds from our work are used to support our girls' education project as well as the women's collective. So our, our education project is called our Sister Scholar Program, and SISTA stands for not only our younger sisters, but stay in school tuition assistance. And generally girls who come from very rural areas in the country are not able to go to secondary school. Um, because by the secondary school level, the school fees are very high, and they also have to go to a boarding school because there are no high schools in the village areas. So we're supporting girls from those areas to be able to stay in school so that they don't end up in our marketplaces doing menial laboring jobs like load carrying and things like that. So we have 25 girls who are part of our Sister Scholar program. We're hoping that this year we're able to add 25 more girls to the program. And culturally in Ghana, do families tend to emphasize boys' education over girls' education more, or is it simply just straight across the board a poverty issue? Well, it, it's definitely a poverty issue. Girls' education is more of an issue because parents prefer to, if they don't have enough to educate all of their children, mothers generally would love to educate all of their children, but they make the investment in the boys because girls are expected to become part of their husband's families, and it's up to the boys to care for the parents in their older age. So boys are seen as more of a retirement plan for the parents than the girls, and, and girls are expected to be cared for by their, by their husband's family. So, um, but that, that's beginning to change. Um, uh, even in the village areas where education among the adult population is very low, uh, parents, especially mothers, are beginning to see that girls tend to be a lot more serious in their endeavors and the investment in a girl um, goes a lot further um, and of course we know we we know that educating a girl means that you're educating all of her children um, in the future and so and that makes a much bigger difference than educating one individual okay um, now you've been doing this a few years correct from your several, website yes several years we're we're technically um, four years old but I we I relaunched Baba Blankets in 2006 but I've been doing it three years prior to that. Okay. Yeah. During that time period, have you, um, do you have a story in your head of a particular woman or a girl that you've been able to watch grow through this program that really reaffirms for you why you're doing this? Yeah, definitely. Um, one, of the, one of the women that I first started working with who we met as a load carrier, her name was Wasila. And this was back in 2000 when I first started. And um, Wasila was very typical in that she had come down from a village area down to the capital, had been working as a load carrier in a marketplace. And she was one of our, our first group, and she wanted to 
to learn how to sew. And through Baba Blankets, she learned how to do that and went on to now has established her own company and she has her own apprentices who are also learning to sew. And, cool. Yeah, so and she's paying it forward in a way yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And she, um, last time I talked to her, she says, I'm the madame now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so great. Wonderful. And to know that she's also teaching and sharing their skills. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, now, as a quilter, I bought, oh, let's be honest, I bought a lot of your fabric <laughs> yesterday. And I noticed it's, it's different because there's, it's almost like a damask. There's a, a woven pattern and then there's an overdye. Can you talk yeah. just a little bit about your process? Yeah, there, there's a, it's sort of a three-dimensional artistry. Um, we, work with, we work with two different types of fabric, but one of them is the damask. It has a brocade already embossed in the fabric before it's dyed. That's the way the, the, the fabric is manufactured. And then we dye on top of that. So the hand dyeing, either tie dyeing, batiking. We do brush dyeing, crunch dyeing, stitch dyeing, um, batiking. So, and then, and then, if you buy one of our finished products, then we do the patchwork and mm -hmm. the sewing. Uh, it's really fascinating stuff. All right, uh, do you want to let people know how to find you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Please come visit our website. Um, we're at www.babablanket. So b a b a blanket singular dot com. And um, we also have a store in New Orleans, so whenever um, folks are coming down to New Orleans for a visit, they should definitely come and check out our store. We carry our work, we carry our material, but we also carry work from other women's cooperatives like ours. So we have work from all over Africa and some from South America, too, and all generated from these enterprises that support sustainable income for women. So really neat crafts, jewelry, um, uh, wall hangings, really lovely items. So, and we're at um, 1330. We're, we're in the Lower Garden District, but if you go to our website, babablanket.com, you can get all of our information. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. <laughs> okay, this is Sandy back in the quiet of my own little office, but you can get a sense of the energy and um, just how much is going on in the vendor section. And I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Aminata. We actually talked for a few more minutes after I had already turned off the recording. And then um, the person who was helping her in the booth, the gentleman I'd spoken to the day before, uh, also turns out to be a professional photographer who has done her videos that you'll see on her website, etc. And so um, I was trying to get a picture of myself with Aminata, and he uh, grabbed his camera, which was much nicer than mine, and we had a little photo op there standing in the booth, and so uh, I will be posting that photo in the um show notes to this episode as well, and I appreciate his skill, much surpassing mine. So I hope you will please do go visit her website, babablanket.com. It's not very often that we get to spend oodles of money on fabric and actually feel good about it. So um, do visit the website. They have some great stuff. And if you are in the New Orleans area, make sure you stop by their store as well. And I do want to once more take this opportunity to say thank you very much to Aminata Brown for being willing to take time away from your busy schedule that day to talk with me and to share your story with all of our listeners. So thank you very much for that. Okay, on to some listener comments. And once again, because I did post two episodes in very short succession last week, um, and because I was able to share all of those comments in the last episode. I don't have too many to share with you this week. I haven't given you that much time to comment, but I do hope you'll continue to talk to me because I enjoy talking to you. 
from Dorothy, she said, of the first of the two episodes on my experience at Quilt Festival. She said, this was so fun to listen to. I'm saving part two to spread out the experience. Wouldn't it be great if you went to Quilt Market and posted and podcasted on that next year? Um, Yes, (laughs) I agree. It would be. It's probably not in the cards, but it would be fun. And Dorothy continues to, um, she appreciated my tips on what to do when you're attending a big quilt event like that. And she said, in her neck of the woods, Bay Area, California, we have the Pacific International Quilt Festival. It's not as big as Houston, but it's a lot of fun. I try to go most years, and now I'll know what to do. So thank you, Dorothy. And when you do go, be sure you report in. We do want to see pictures, and we want to hear about your experience. So thank you for that comment, Dorothy. And Robin loved hearing about the trip, and she said she can't wait for pictures. And frankly, I can't either. I haven't had a chance to get to them yet, but more about that later. And from Noni, first of all, an apology, Noni, I mispronounced your name um, or your nickname last week when I was referring to one of your comments. I slipped into my old Nani habit. I apologize. I knew better, but I was tired. In any case, Noni uh, says, you were talking about how a person can overload at quilt shows. I agree. When I first visited quilt shows, I used to take pictures of every quilt, regardless of style, color, workmanship. Um, I have a web page with 5,000 pictures from those days. Now I tend to be much more selective when I take my pictures and I do a lot more close-ups, details, etc., And she says, I do not take pictures of every quilt, just the ones that really interest me for whatever reason. Um, And actually, Noni, I did the same thing. The problem is I found all the quilts really interesting. So I took a lot of pictures. And that's part of what's slowing me up and getting my photos posted, because I don't want to post that many photos. I'm trying to narrow it down to ones that I find of particular interest or illustrate particular concepts or whatever. So it's taking me a little bit longer than it might normally uh noni also says that as her cameras get more sophisticated and expensive they eat more batteries and that does uh that's another tip i should have included in my episode about how to attend a major quilt show and actually this is true with any quilt event always 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 carry extra batteries with you they don't take up that much space in your tote bag they're not all that heavy Uh, just make sure they're with you and um, i used to have a camera that was only rechargeable and i just got made sure I got in the habit every night of always hooking it up to its charger every night so it would have a full charge the next day. Uh, My camera now is um, battery operated and you can get rechargeable batteries certainly, but just always make sure you have a spare set with you because when you're taking photos and especially if you have to use a flash or if you're in low light settings or whatever, um, it, it does chew up batteries like nobody's business. So that's another tip for me. Um, Noni also referenced my lecture about Marty Michelle, and she said she was interested in that technique for quilting in segments. And then she went on to say, uh, one of the ladies who joined our Dear Jane group actually finished the blocks and she pieced it together in rows. She then quilted each row and then attached them to the quilt row by row. Sylvia told me this was a traditional way of making a quilt and was commonly done in the late 1800s, especially with quilts from rural areas. Yes, they had quilting bees, but often quilts were made in segments by a lone woman, uh, which I didn't know. So I just learned something. Thank you very much, Noni. I didn't know that, you know, the uh, quilt as you go method was that was around that long ago. So thank you very much for educating me. Um, Oh, also Noni asked if she could have show recommendations, especially in the center north section of the country. So remember, I did ask you folks, if you know about quilt shows that you would like to share with the rest of us, please do, because we do all look for recommendations from one another. 
Tammy sent me her pictures. You know, my mom always used to say, don't whine, but sometimes it does help. (laughs) If you whine enough, people tend to actually then send you the pictures they said they were going to send. So thank you very much, Tammy. And she did upload them to Flickr. So if you're on Flickr, oh, I didn't think to check. I apologize whether they are part of our... um, Quilting for the rest of us Flickr pool. I think they are. I think I did see them there. So uh, make sure that you join our Flickr group um, for Quilting for the Rest of Us and, you know, share your photos because we'd like to see each other's photos. So thank you, Tammy, for doing that. Tammy, if you recall, was um, sharing photos of quilts she had done using the square in a square method. Uh, by Jody Barrows, and also photo quilts. She combined the two methods, and she has also promised me that she is going to um, leave comments about a p- couple of the big quilt shows out west that she has experienced. And in the conversations I had with Tammy, and we actually emailed back and forth several times in this whole process, and I discovered that Tammy is the same Tammy who was interviewed on an episode of Within a Quarter Inch several months ago about printing photos on fabric. And I have been trying to track down that Tammy ever since, um, because she had some great suggestions that I had not heard of before for printing photos on fabric. Um, So after I confirmed that it was the same one, uh, part of the problem was, I apologize, I couldn't actually remember which podcast I had heard it on, because it was a while back, and I listened to all of them. So now I was a little foggy on where I'd heard it. Um, But she did clarify for me, it was within a quarter inch. And so I went on... um, within a quarter inch website and it's episode 50 and I will put a link to um, that episode in my show notes because if you're interested in printing photos on fabric Tammy had some great information on that episode so thank you um, for doing that interview and um, go listen to it again within a quarter inch and the direct link will be on my show notes. Now in terms of my own Sandy update I have actually gotten some things done some of them partially well. <laughs> that's that's always the question mark. I can always get things done, but whether I do them well or not is always the question. Uh, I finally finished a retreat project that um, was for our Guild Quilt Retreat last May. We have a uh, secret project at every retreat that one of our quilt members, Kathy, puts together every year. And usually what happens, and it changes a little bit, but usually you'll get instructions ahead of time about here's the fabric you'll need and here's what sizes you need to cut, et cetera, et cetera. And then once you get there, then she'll guide you step by step through the process of making whatever it is. And you don't really know what it is until you're, you know, partway through the process and can finally see it taking shape. Well, last May, Uh, I was on the retreat and I decided that was the first time I decided, oh, I'll do this secret project. I'd never done it before. sounded like fun. I cut all my fabrics, brought them all with me. And then it was the same weekend as my daughter's uh, junior prom. And so I had to leave the retreat. It's only about an hour, maybe a little over an hour drive away. So I left the retreat uh, partway through Saturday to get home and be able to take her, you know, take the pictures and see her off. And um, I actually dropped her off at her uh, prom on my way back to the quilt retreat. So in all of that, I missed the actual making of the project. I did find out what it was. They told me what it was, uh, but I decided she gave me, Kathy gave me written instructions and I figured I would just do it at home. Well, of course, now months later, I pull it out and I couldn't quite figure out the uh, written instructions. So 
I brought my little pieces of fabric back um, as much as I had been able to figure out, and I brought them back to Guild last week, and Kathy showed me what it was I really needed to be to do, and I finished that up this week. Um, that is one of those that falls into the category of finished, but not well. Uh, there's I was also trying a couple of new... Um, my new Janome feet that I bought when I was in Houston. Uh, I have two new AccuFeed feet, and so I use this as a way to uh, use those feet. And it's always, you know, you always have to kind of get used to how to use new tools. And so um, I didn't focus on the project itself as much as I was focusing on the new feet. So uh, there's some errors there, but, you know, it's just, it turned out to just be a little mug rug, you know, a little fabric coaster kind of thing. And then a coffee cozy, an insulated thing. That, well, it's not actually insulated. It's just regular batting in there, but you would put it under a paper, around a paper coffee cup. They're cute if you don't look at them from closer than about 15 feet away. <laughs> but, you know, when you're only looking at the fabrics and the basic outline of the shape, they're very cute. If you get close enough to actually see my stitching and where I missed a few um, being right on the seam, etc., uh, then they're not so cute. But, you know, they're functional. So... It was a fun project, and mostly I have a sense of completion that I got something done, and that little plastic bag with all the fabric pieces and the instructions that's been sitting on my cutting table since last May has now been duly disposed of, so that's always a good thing. Um, I also finally buckled down this afternoon, and I started the machine quilting on my triple rail on point wall hanging. Um, it is a uh, Melissa Ray Hawley, I'm sorry, Melissa Ray Hawley, project. It's in one of her Fat Quarter books, and at the moment, I don't remember which one. I'd have to double check that, but it's basically, it's a triple rail fence block, but then you put it on point, and the way it's laid out, you sort of float it um, with then a small inner border and a wider outer border. Well, I mean, you could do the borders as you want them. That's the way I did it, and uh, it ends up looking almost like it's woven. It's a really pretty uh, pattern. I've met, now made it. This is the third time I've made the same pattern because the first two times I gave them away <laughs> and I've always loved the pattern. And I finally decided I've got to make one of those for myself and be able to keep it and look at it as often as I want. And so I actually pieced the top of this. Um, oh gosh, it was probably two and a half years ago now. It was it at another May quilt retreat. We Our guild has retreats every October and every May, and I can only very infrequently make the October one, but the May one I usually can make. And this year, yay, no junior proms. I've had to miss two of them because my son's junior prom and then my daughter's junior prom, and this year we're done with junior proms, so I will be able to go and stay there the entire weekend, and I'm seriously jazzed about that. In any case, um, the thing I like about this triple rail on point in particular is the border fabric that I found to go with it is so completely unlike any type of fabric I've ever really bought before. I mean, it's, for me, it's a, a very unusual print for me to have, and it's just perfect. Uh, so I'm very excited about getting this one done, and I'm hoping to have it up on my wall in my living room uh, by the time we have our holiday open house, which is early December. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to make it, but I hope I do. I'm just uh, stitching in the ditch around the triple rail, um, and then, of course, around the, the inner border. I haven't decided if I'm going to do There's Like I said, it sort of floats. The, the triple rail on point piece sort of floats in your setting triangles around the outside. And I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do some quilting in those setting triangles. They're not very big. So there's not a lot of space there. And from just a pure uh, stability standpoint, I could certainly get away without doing any other quilting there. But I haven't decided what I'll do appearance-wise. And then for the borders, I inherited some of those... Um, 
I don't remember what they're called. I think borders on a roll, something like that, where it's the printed border pattern on a roll of paper and you cut it and you um, use spray adhesive to put it on your border and then you just sew through it and then pull it off. And I used it once before on another project and it works pretty well. Um, although I did find that other project, the fabric had uh, gold um, on it and it was fairly heavily golded, <laughs> gilded, whatever you would call that for fabric. And the spray adhesive actually sort of stained that gold. So be very careful if you're using fabric that has a lot of the gold, um, you know, it kind of looks like gold leaf, but it's actually on the fabric. If it has a lot of that on there, be careful about using spray adhesive because it darkens it. And so to this day, as that quilt is hanging on the wall in my dining room, um, every time I walk by it, I can still see those stains. Nobody else can see them. I can see them. It's enough to bug me. But this fabric, uh, this quilt doesn't have any of that. So I shouldn't not have any problem whatsoever with the spray adhesive and using those borders. And the border on a roll that I'm using for this one is a um, double chain, I think is what it's called, uh, I could, if I, you could see my hands, you would see me moving them through the air to describe that double chain, but hopefully you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so that's, I've, all I did tonight was one side of the um, quilting in the ditch. I will probably get back to, by my shoulder started to ache a little bit from moving it around. So I'm taking a break recording the podcast. And then as this is uploading, I will go back to sewing again. The third quilting project, uh, well, I don't know if you'd technically call it quilting. I lump it in the quilting category. It's a felted wool project. I have mentioned before that I absolutely love doing felted wool and haven't done any in a long time, and I really wanted to get back to it. And I had bought some patterns and kits, etc., uh, when I was in Houston. And one of the the actual kit that I bought uh, was from Wooly Lady. It's the beautiful bright colors. And uh, I had posted, when I posted photos in the Flickr group of what I bought at Houston, it was the kit that was standing up in the back in one of those photos. And there was some conversation in Flickr in the comments on that picture about what type of flower it actually is. And it is indeed a hollyhock. And uh, so I've got all the pieces cut out and basted down, a little bit of glue stick um, basted down onto the background. So all I have to do is stitch it. And uh, I did that because I've got some travel. I actually leave town tomorrow morning. Um, get back Tuesday night. It's a very fast turnaround trip, but I will have one night alone in the hotel room. So I'd like to have something with me to do uh, when I'm not on my computer. I actually tend to work (laughs) when I'm in my hotel in the evening, but I'm going to try not to do that for too, too long and uh, actually do some of the, it's a basic blanket stitch around most of it. And then there's some embellishment stitching, like some chain stitching and some opportunities for other little flourishes here and there. Um, And I haven't done a lot of that kind of embroidery stitching. And so I'm really looking forward to being able to learn those stitches as well. So that's, you know, it actually sounds like a lot, but none of those things actually took me all that long, which is a good thing. I just have not had the time to be at my machine lately. And um, that has been frustrating me. So it did feel good to finally get down uh, to sit at my machine for a little bit this afternoon. Now, that being said, I was sitting at my machine instead of washing dishes after I completely uh, killed the kitchen, making my son some homemade beef barley soup. He came home just uh, yesterday afternoon and tonight, uh, this morning from college. He came and just spent the night. So uh, since I haven't seen him in a little over a month at this point, which is probably almost the longest I've gone without seeing him since he was born. Um, 
I baked a cinnamon coffee cake for breakfast, and then he was going to be leaving shortly after lunch, so I made him his favorite beef barley stew or soup for lunch, and every one of those dirty dishes is still sitting downstairs in the kitchen, and I really need to get at them, and I'm just putting it off. I should also probably be doing some laundry, putting that off too. Basically, it's always more fun to be at your sewing machine than it is doing any of those other little, you know, domestic goddess type acts. So that is the extent of my Sandy update. Um, again, I'm out of town just for a night. I've got a little bit of time later this week uh, to be able to maybe get some more sewing done. So I do hope to uh, at least maybe by next, by the end of next weekend, have this triple rail on point quilted. And the binding shouldn't take me all that long. So I do actually kind of have a shot at maybe getting it done before the holiday party. We'll see. Um... So I think I already mentioned to make sure you join the Flickr group. I love seeing pictures, always, always, always. And so it's been good to have that opportunity up there. Do not, do not forget the holiday challenge. Several of you have let me know that you're in. I think I've only had one person actually send me uh, the photos that, of projects they have finished. And I've already mentioned her a couple times, Lynn burning up the track, has all sorts of stuff done. Uh, so the rest of you, um, if you are, like I said, this is not starting new projects. The holiday challenge is motivating you to complete those projects you had already planned on completing by the holidays for gifts. So the deadline is December 15th. If you send me photos of three completed projects, at least three completed projects, anytime by December 15th at midnight, you will have your name entered in a drawing for some fabric-y goodness. I've got some good stuff waiting here on my shelf just to mail off to a very lucky person. And it does not matter how much you complete. So the fact that Lynn has put us all to shame should not matter <laughs> the rest of you. Uh, just finish up the projects you wanted to finish up. As long as it totals at least three, let me know. And... If you're not Lynn, and if you sent me pictures, please let me know. Like I mentioned, I had to reformat my hard drive twice, and in that process lost um, my emails. I was able to keep all of my data, but I lost my emails, and now I've got a better backup system, I think, for not losing them again if that ever happens. Uh, but that means if you sent me pictures anytime during that mess, you will need to um, send them again, or at least just let me know uh, that you had done that. So I think that's all of the updates on that. Uh, I know I keep promising you a newsletter. I will get one out this week if it kills me. I have a couple of tool reviews I want to do because there's one new tool. Oh, actually, that's the other tool. I have three tool reviews I wanted to do. I knew there was another one and I kept forgetting what it was. I have two new tools that I have bought and I've had the opportunity to use them both now. So I will be reviewing those. And then I have another tool that I've actually owned for many, many years. And I just had the opportunity to use it again this week and realized, you know, it really is pretty cool. So <laughs> I'm going to review that one too. And uh, so you definitely want to sign up for my free newsletter. If you haven't already, the subscription link is on the website. It is supposed to be a monthly newsletter, but you know what? I do this for fun and it's amateur. So every now and then <laughs> that like last month, that doesn't happen when things drastic happen to my computer. I do hope to be more regular in the future. So I think that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for uh, commenting, for leaving your reviews on iTunes, especially for um, conversing with me in any way, uh, because I like talking back to you too. 
And I think that's it. I think that's all I'm going to say. So until the next episode, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 